The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer's Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special Bummer Edition. Shield Kapadia here. The run is over. Phillies lose to the Astros 4-1 in game six, lose this series four games to two. You know, I was planning this pod before the game happened, thinking maybe I'll just do a solo pod. It's a Saturday night. They might be playing again against Sunday. It'll be a short shelf life. But then I thought uh, if they lose, I'm not going to just want to be talking into a microphone by myself. So you know what I did? I just said I'm going to invite my friend over. My friend, diehard Phillies fan, David Felton Curran. You may know him as Lemur if you've listened to Birds with Friends or the Ringers Philly special. He gets uh, he gets a lot of shout outs on here. He's been to a bunch of these games. He's watching the games. He's texting, questioning bullpen decisions uh, every game. And so he's here to talk about the Phillies loss, the end of their season with me. Lemur, how are we feeling? Uh, not great, Sheil, obviously. I mean, I'm sure you're glad to uh, not have to listen, get my endless texts uh, going forward, but... <laughs> Uh, not a great night, of course, um, but a good run nonetheless. Yeah, let's let, let, let's talk about. It. I mean, I'm really bummed because not just that they lost, but because like the run is over. It, it's been so fun. It's been a 30 day playoff run, 17 games. I mean, once they start a series, they only have you know one day off. It, it's almost like every day you have a game, you get a little break in there. Uh, you went four games between the NLCS and the World Series, but that was really it. And it was fun. It was unexpected. I, I've said it a million times on this podcast. The best seasons are the ones that come out of nowhere. This run pretty much 
came out of nowhere. I mean, I remember texting uh, you guys on our friends thread in like, I don't know, was it June or July? I was like, anyone else like paying attention to this Philly season? It was after they had fired Girardi. I'm like, this this team's kind of fun. I was like, yeah, they are kind of fun. And then we thought they were going to blow it at the end of the season. And then they just go on this huge run, worst odds of any team to win the World Series. And they end up getting there. So what what's like your level of pain right now, you know, based, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the scale, uh, really should be. I mean, you had the, the Phillies world series loss in 2009, you had 2011 where it felt like they were the best team and they don't even, uh, get there. You had the Eagles super bowl loss to the Patriots. You have the Eagles NFC championship game losses. Like how do you sort of put this into perspective where it falls on that scale of heartbreaking losses, or we'll look back in 10 years and be like that, that actually wasn't that heartbreaking. I think it's kind of like the 2001 Sixers in a way, right? I think the Phillies had a better chance to win this than the Sixers had to beat that Lakers team. But the run was fun. That playoff run for the Sixers was so fun. And I'm not super broken up about it because I think maybe because besides game five, the losses in this series, it's like they almost never had a chance in the games they lost. You yeah. never got a vibe. You weren't on the edge of your seat like some of the other series and and thinking back to the 08 to 11 series. So it was weird. The, 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 when the bats go quiet, it's, mm. it's just kind of you have nothing to cheer for. I mean, it, cheering for runs is always much more excited than, than cheering for, you know, pitchers pitching great. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not, I thought it would be more broken up about it, but I think they just came out tonight it, it never felt like they had it, right? Game five was the game. Uh, the no-hitter kind of sucked the life out of them, but game five was was the game, in my opinion, that they needed to take. I was just thinking the same thing. Game five almost felt like the game where the series ended. I mean, yep. you know, you still hold out hope. All right, you go to Houston. Hey, anything can happen. You still play six and seven. But that was the game. Uh, and, and listeners could probably tell from my segment on the postgame pop. That's the one where you're like, shoot, this one really got away. And now anything can happen. A miracle can happen. But it's probably not going to happen. That's the one where they had all the opportunities. And you felt like, oh, my gosh, it's going to end. And then you looked up and there were like six outs left and all and and they didn't uh, they didn't win the game. So, uh, yeah, I would agree that the game one parallels with that Sixers series are definitely true with, with like we'll remember game one of this series. while like you were on just cloud nine. You think they're going to upset the Astros just like you felt like in that Lakers series. All right. I, I will Listen, say go, going into the series, though, I had I didn't want to say this out loud or say it on a text, but. It had 2017 Eagles vibes to it. I, I thought they were going to win the series. Uh, yeah. it, they just had something special about them, and I didn't think they were going to lose. And then it was kind of after that game five, it, that was pretty much it. Yeah, because the inevitable in baseball doesn't seem the same as like like you're going up against Shaq and Kobe, and you're just like, all right, you know, seven times to beat these guys four times is going to be really tough. But baseball, it's sort of different. I mean, a great pitcher cannot be great on a certain night. Bats can go quiet like we saw. There's always these unlikely heroes. So, yeah, I thought they were going to win two. I had Phillies uh, in seven. I was still holding out hope going into these last two games in Houston, but it didn't happen. All right, we're going to talk about some big picture stuff, but we have to talk about this game and what we're going to remember about this game and it just goes to the bottom of the sixth. Zach Wheeler's at 70 pitches. He hits Maldonado. Altuve reaches on a fielder's choice. Pena singles up the middle. It's first and third, one out. And Topper comes out. Topper comes out like he has uh, in these spots, to be fair, the entire postseason. This is how he has managed the bullpen. 
He does it once again. We weren't feeling good about it. We were both on the record with a little text exchange that we had before the move happened. I was on multiple threads where I said, I know this is what he does. I might be wrong, but man, I would just, as a fan watching it, I would feel better about Wheeler taking my chances with Wheeler here than Alvarado. So take me through what was going through your head uh, during that move and whether you think the second guessing is fair, uh, unfair, because I, I do think when we think about this series 10 years from now and we think about this last game, I mean, obviously, what else are we going to think about? We're going to think about the Alvarez home run and that decision right there. I mean, the second guessing is definitely fair. Um, we're going to spend a lot of talk, time talking about that inning and that decision where ultimately it probably didn't matter because I don't think they were winning this game one nothing, uh, regardless of, of what happens there. You know, you need to score the runs. But Maybe. Wheeler looked great. He his stuff. The last time they took Wheeler uh, out of the game early, I was freaking out about it. But then afterwards, you know, you saw the stats about the, the velocity being down and it made more sense. This time was not the case. He was looking great. Yeah. I had more trust in him than any other pitcher to get the ground ball double play and get out of the inning. He had already done it um, in the innings previously. And he just, he's your best pitcher. You got to trust him in that spot. Alvarado looked shaky last game. Uh, he's uh, Alvarez had seen him multiple times already. It just, yeah. it didn't make any sense. And then after the game, Wheeler said he was shocked when, when he was being taken out. So it, Ooh, that hurts, it, you know, he looked great. <laughs> he looked great. You, you just can't do that there with the season on the line. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's what, but you're right. It's what Topper has done this entire time. And I understand that argument, but like you said, most of the time, after the game, there's like a reasoning. All right, mm -hmm. well, you know, Wheeler's velocity was down or certain splits against a certain batter. I mean, in this spot here, the case for Wheeler is pretty clear. He'd gotten Alvarez out twice, by the way, and Alvarez didn't look good in either. It's not like, you know, he was lining him to the warning track or anything. He hadn't hit either ball hard. His velocity had not dipped. That, to me, is such a key here because the previous starts with Wheeler around this time, his velocity had dipped, but that wasn't the case here. I mean, he was throwing heat. He was in 98, 99 in the first inning, and even uh, there in the sixth, his velocity seemed good. That Pena single was the first hard-hit ball he had allowed all night. If you and look it wasn't at that velocity, hard. It wasn't, it wasn't that hard. hard. Yeah, it's it, it's not, you know, 95 uh, miles per hour and above exit velocity is like the standard for was it a hard hit ball uh, or not. That was the first one that hit 95 uh, or above off the bat. And like you said, it was a grounder up the middle. I mean, it wasn't like he lined it to the wall or anything like that. And then Alvarado had seen Alvarez three times. It's not like you're, you know, like they, they've been facing each other. It feels like almost every night here, the last time he hit him with the pitch. So it wasn't even uh, a real at bat. He had gotten the other uh, two times there. So um, and Alvarado I mean, is great against lefties. So I know yeah. uh, Topper said he loved that matchup, but it's not like it's a, one of these classic lefty lefty matchups that, that you definitely want to have the lefty in there. So, uh, and the, the hit by pitch, I mean, it was a fluke thing. I, I think people are going overboard. I think it was actually a really smart play by Maldonado. Uh, Utley, we loved when Utley did that all, all those years. You know, uh, it wasn't like the game one where it was clear that he leaned in. So uh, I think people are go freaking out a little bit. About yeah, that I didn't think. I mean, and he did kind of bring the his. He almost brought his elbow back. I mean, 
it's a smart yeah, play. I'm They're not, never going to call yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not. I agree with you. I'm not going to go nuts over that. I mean, that is more savvy to me than like the pre. You know, the the, la- the last what was it? Game one where the guy yep. leaned in. Was it Vasquez? Yeah, that was obvious. That's different. This is just like a savvy. I mean, Maldon Maldonado is their worst hitter, and so it's like, do you want your worst hitter to try to do something like that to get on base? Uh, yes, I, I can see why people are annoyed and frustrated. That's like a normal reaction. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't have a uh, huge deal with it. So Cliff's saying that Alvarez said post game he was waiting for the sinker uh, and got it there. And so, want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store like now. Go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 112.5 112.5 miles per hour off the bat, 450 feet. I have a text from you. I have a text exchange, me and you. I said at 10:11 on the record, would have left Wheeler in. 10:13, you wrote, think he goes yard here. So uh, I wish you were wrong. I'm not going to put that in the Brandon Graham prediction category uh, because it's for a bad moment. But <laughs> when was that? Was that before he got up, or was it after the first pitch? When did you send? No, that? first pitch. So he he was on that first pitch. And I, I thought he was going yard there. And and it just had all the makings, right? You took out Wheeler too early. Oh, yeah. He looked like he was on that first pitch. I didn't text the group that because I didn't want to be negative. But you had said that Wheeler text that you were on the <laughs> record. And and so I just sent it to you and, and one other person, which because, you know, obviously – I, I don't want to, you know, I didn't want him to go <laughs> yard there. Guy. But, yeah, yeah I didn't want to be, be that texting guy. All but it just friends, had a this bad guy's going to hit a home run that. here. Yeah. It felt ominous. It also felt ominous because he had, Alvarez hadn't had his moment in this series. Yep. You know, like it, it, like going into the series, I was like, all right, he's going to kill them. He's going to be the guy we're terrified of. He's going to be the Paul Molitor of this series. And that actually wasn't the case. And then, of course, he comes through in the biggest of big spots and now will be remembered uh, for that hit for a long time coming up in a huge spot in World Series history. So my bottom line is I don't I don't think it's egregious. I don't think it's like, you know, what 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 was Topper doing? This is a disaster. He you know, we should be crushing him. I do think it's fair. Anyone who's like, well, he's done this the whole series. How can you question? No, I think this was different. I think it's fair. And if it's baseball, like you're going to second guess stuff. And so uh, if you go on the record before the result happens, which we did, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this probably were saying to their friends, to their family, the exact same thing. Then I think it's fair to uh, to second guess it there. Wheeler says he was shocked he came out. Man, that one's just going to stay. I mean, hey, maybe Alvarez hits a home run off Wheeler, but I would have just been, I feel like you could have lived with yourself more if that were the case. So that one's going to hurt for a while. Oh. I don't I don't think anyone would have second guess. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say that because everyone will second guess everything. But if he hits a home run off Wheeler there, it's not it's not going to sting as much. Uh, you it's know. much less. I agree. Yes. Yeah. It, it's just you. when you watch baseball, you have a feeling whenever a pitcher or batter is up, do I trust that something good's going to happen or do I trust that something bad's going to happen? That's like the baseball viewing experience, especially in the playoffs. And most of the time you feel like something bad's going to happen. But then you when it's something like this where it's all right. Do I feel better about this matchup or this matchup? 
you just have a, a feeling and you go with it. Obviously, Topper is going with uh, much more than that than, than just the feel. Uh, he's going with the numbers and the matchups and the feel and body and whatever else he's looking at. I, I don't even know uh, all the things, but that's what he went with. Has to live with it. His moves have worked out, got them all the way to game six of the World Series, but uh, that one absolutely hurts. All right. That, that's Let's that's do- the beauty of playoff baseball, right? Every decision yeah. is over scrutinized. And- yeah. But, you know, I've learned over the years that, you know, I remember when Charlie Manuel got hired over Jim Leland and I was all upset about that. I'm like, oh, Charlie Manuel. But you realize that that's what you need from a manager for a long 162 game season. The the decisions themselves are magnified in the playoffs, but they only are going to affect a handful of games each year. You saw what happened when Girardi got fired and, and Topper took over. You need a manager like that who's going to keep the guys loose and, and, and get them to play well more yeah. than the in-game decisions. Did you think they were tight? In this I mean, game? the the vibe definitely changed from that. We're not going to lose. Everyone's loose. You know, they had this. They had the seven uh, nothing home run game, and the no hitter. I think did change them. When you get no hit, you know, mm. it, it just shuts you down. And they, they they didn't look the same. I mean, they didn't. Shorter had the home run. He bunted in in that spot. I don't know what that was all about, but that's not that's, a, that's yeah, not their old was the way. That was weird. I mean, I'm not going to judge him. There. Yeah, I'm not going to judge him by his worst moment. Everybody loves Schwarber. He's been awesome. I'm glad he's in our lives uh, going forward. He's been fantastic. I trust him. Uh, That was just such a bizarre move to have as, you know, I think what was his worst moment uh, from that guy. Like, you would never expect that. It was two strikes. Too. I mean, if like if it was the first pitch and you're like, all right, you're down three, you got to get base runners. You're just trying to get guys on base for Harper. I still would have been mad, but I wouldn't have been this just baffled by uh, two. Str- I don't even know if anyone would even ask him about that or did ask him about that after the game as a reporter. That's one where you're like, eh, do I actually want to ask him about this after the game? So maybe uh, in the off season or in a quiet moment, someone will ask him. But yeah, that I mean, that was a bizarre move. It, it may, I, don't, I don't understand. He's trying to get oh on base because they're down multiple runs, I guess, and they probably had the shift on, so he, he just wanted to lie one down. With two, two strikes, and you're the only guy who did anything. Uh, it just it just didn't make any sense. It, 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 last, it, it showed the kind of psyche of the team tonight. I guess you know? so, yeah. His last at bat against the real shift, I guess. <laughs> he tried to punt with, with two strikes on him, so he won't have to worry about that next year. All right, let's zoom out. Why did they lose this series? You, you, Ten years from now, you look back, you know, you're you're uh, you're telling your son Lewis, hey, uh, you were a little guy at the time, you weren't staying up for all the games, but the Phillies had this really memorable World Series run in 2022, and he says, oh, well, yeah, well, why did they lose that series when they were so hot? What what will you tell him? I mean, the bats went quiet, right? They started swinging. Yeah. It seemed like they started swinging for the fences uh, early in the the earlier series. They're manufacturing runs. They're scrapping them out. Uh, you know, leading to errors from the other teams. And this, you know, even that seven nothing game, I think that might have been more just McCullers being horrible and they had something on them. They had two other hits that game that weren't home runs. That's really the only I mean, they had the comeback against Verlander and they seemed like they were on Verlander in game five, too. They just couldn't put the runs across. But the, they, the bats went quiet. Stott had great at bats and then he started uppercutting everything. And and Segura was even, you know, seemed like he was swinging for the fences. So I just think they were trying to rely on the, the long ball a little too much. And it, it just you're not you're not going to win a series uh, when you're I mean, you can probably read off the numbers uh, that they've tweeted yeah, out. Yeah, got and some here. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, 
Well, I mean, just the the big picture numbers. They scored three runs in the last three games. Like, you have no chance. I mean, three runs in the last three games of the World Series, uh, all losses. That's going to be ugly. They had five runs in the four losses. Like, there wasn't that game where they, you know, they actually got hits and then their bullpen gets shelled and you lose like seven to six or you know twelve eleven or some crazy game. Like all these games that all four games that they lost, uh, they barely did anything at the plate. Seventy one strikeouts, most ever. In a World Series, and, and boy, did it feel like it! Uh, I think uh, a lot of called strike threes too, which is even tougher yeah. to, to swallow. Yeah, Valdez at one point tonight, he had I think five, the first two innings. I was like, okay, they've hit a few balls hard. They had two base runners on in the first and the second, and then he kind of just shut them down. He had five strikeouts in a row at one point. Uh, they showed on the broadcast only the second pitcher in the World Series to do that, and Sandy Koufax. Was the other? I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. Some of these stats that they roll out, you're just like, wait, are these real uh, stats? It just felt like every game they were flashing something like that. Uh, Their average, 163 batting average, second worst by a team in at least the last 15 years. I was looking at True Media, which goes back uh, 15 years. So 163 batting average. Some of these individual performances. Listen, Reese Hoskins had his moment. I don't know how harsh to be or how not harsh to be. I it's hard. There it's not like everybody else was crushing the ball, so I can't go too, you know, totally in on him and, and you know, we were both there for that game 3 uh of the of the Brave series and that was an awesome moment for him and he certainly had those sprinkled in until the World Series, but World Series 120 batting average and a 154 on base percentage. I mean, Game five. I mean, game five, I'll remember for Reese Hoskins, 0 for 5 with four strikeouts, multiple. If he would have just given you one, I mean, you just needed one from him in a big spot and it never came through. And then the other guy, I mean, Castellanos, I don't really know what to say uh, about him. Hit 125 with a 160 on base percentage in the uh in the World Series. I honestly felt like the last two games, he was having better at bats. I felt like somebody had told him, hey, you are allowed to take a couple pitches here, Nick. You don't have to go up and swing. Like, I swear, it felt like 90% of his playoff at bats, he goes up, swings, first pitch. It's either a foul or it's a shallow fly ball or it's a swing and a miss uh, every single time. So he had some better at bats. But man, those numbers from what? Two of the top five guys in your lineup, that that's just going to hurt. Look what you're saying about Castellanos, though, right? Like, this guy was a stud bar. before he got here. And I don't know what happened. And I'm really hoping he can turn it around. Uh, 34 homers last year. I don't, I kept saying on playoffs, it didn't even look like he could physically hit the ball out of the ballpark. You can't He's a slap, no. huge slap hitter, like lunging at everything. It just, yeah. I don't know what happened to him. And I don't know if it's just, I thought this, he was going to be a fan favorite. I love the signing. I thought it was going to be work out perfect. And, you know, Philly's this tough, tough place to play, but I didn't think he would be the type of person that would get affected by it. Um, I'm really hoping he can turn things around next year because it's just tough to watch him out there. And then, yeah, he had better at bats, but they didn't really do anything in the end. It's just he fouled off more pitches and, you know, sometimes would bloop a ball over to left field. But it's it's tough. It's amazing how good of a playoffs Harper had with him hitting behind him and no protection. It's yeah. insane. It makes it even more impressive uh, to, yeah. that he did that. 
like AJ Brown said, why would you pitch to uh, Bryce Harper? I was explaining contracts and like trades and free agency to Naya today. And now she's like asking me how long they're tied to like specific players. And when I told her what Nick Castellanos was making, she was like, what? How is that possible that he's making $20 million per year? Yeah, it was really, you're right. I mean, it is a very low bar. I don't, I don't feel like, I sort of feel like he felt good about, I mean, he had the one moment in the regular, you know, regular season where they asked him, did you hear the boos or whatever? And he didn't like that. But in the playoffs, especially, I felt like he was really sort of embracing the environment in those games at Citizens Bank Park where, you know, he had the diving catch and then put up the one uh, to the crowd and was like, you know, so excited. And just some of his quotes, even after losses, it felt like, all right, he understands sort of the intensity and uh, the environment that he's playing in and the stakes and everything. Thing. So I sort of grew to like beginning of the playoffs. I was just crushing him nonstop on here. And then I kind of grew to be like, be like, I just, can he just have like a couple moments here where he comes through and uh, he had the Castellanos game. He had the diving catch, but you're right. That's a very low bar for a guy who, how did he hit 34? I need to go watch a video of the 34 home runs from last year. How? That's the thing. The power numbers. It's just like, I, he, it's so hard when he would get up you're like, well, you know, the best thing that could he, he could maybe hit a double down the line right now, but that he's not hitting a home run. Do you, would you have switched, uh, Bohm and it's not like Bohm lit it up, but would you have switched them in the order just to give Harper some protection? I get, I'm not going to kill Topper for not doing that. I get not wanting to switch things up that have been working all playoffs. And, uh, it's not like Bohm was killing the ball, but you might've needed to give some Harper some protection by, by switching those two guys in the order. Yeah, I mean, it would have sort of felt like a panic move that you probably don't do in game six of the World Series. But like zooming out, it couldn't have hurt. I mean, uh, Bohm actually, third highest OPS of anybody uh, on the team in the World Series. And Marsh was second. And, and that's on, you know, not many at bats. Uh, Bohm had, let me see, is this right? Yeah. Bohm had the most hits of any filler in go. the World All Series. Right. I guess he had a nice night tonight. Yes, yeah, six hits, two doubles, a home run, three RBIs, two walks. I mean, he had an o- o- uh, on-base percentage of 348, which was the fourth highest on the team, hit 286. So, yeah, compare those to the numbers. I just gave you Castellanos, and let me revise my answer. Yes, looking back, I absolutely <laughs> I would have done that if you would have told me all those things. So, yeah, I mean, that I'm with you. I think it, it doesn't take too much to explain. I was even thinking, I was like, all right, it was definitely the bats. But then in my head, I'm going, well, what about Nola? I mean, Nola had two starts and he didn't come through in either of the two starts. But then I was like, in his first start, they won the game. And in his second start, they didn't get a hit, right? That was the I, no I hit thought, game. Yeah, yeah, I thought after that 7 nothing game, and, and if they lost the series, I thought we would be saying, you're not going to win a series getting these performances out of your top two pitchers, right? But uh Wheeler came through tonight, so that kind of changed that. And then they just didn't hit. I thought they were going to hit more when I was thinking that that might be a storyline if they lose. Um, but, yeah, you do need more from Nola. Uh, the reason the reason I thought the Phillies had a great chance once they got into the playoffs were because Nola and Wheeler, right? Like, that gives them such yeah. a leg up on so many teams. And it started off great, and then Nola just – he just – he kind of just lost it down the stretch and uh, Wheeler I'm I'm thinking it might have been his knee the last start because he looked really rough before so I was worried about this game but I mean he was right back to his old self tonight so it's a shame he deserved, you're runs. right let yeah let's give him a moment because I mean this moment elimination game on the road you got rocked last time against these guys 
to come out and pitch the way he did, five and a third, three hits, two earned runs, five strikeouts. I mean, that was a fantastic performance. Like you can even explain, even if whether it was the knee or not the knee, like I think, you know, Topper said this in one press conference and I agree sometimes with the best pitcher or the second best pitcher in the playoffs. It's just like the expectation is every time they're going to go out, give you six innings and allow like fewer than three runs, but guys have bad games and they've pitched a lot. I mean, this is how many rounds did they play? It's not like the old days where it's just, you know, you're going to pitch in the NLCS and then the World Series. So he had what one bad start the entire postseason, right? I mean, I remember reading off his numbers going into the World Series. They were on par with Cole Hamels in 2008 and Cliff Lee in 2009. And then he has the one bad start in this series, but bounces right back in a big spot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm in on that guy. Uh, fantastic. Great to know he can do it in a big spot. We'll trust him again next year if he's in there. And, um, it, it, like you said, it's just a shame that he pitches like that. And no one will probably remember it. I mean, we are. 25 minutes into a podcast, <laughs> we just mentioned how, how well he pitched. And if you would have told me he was going to pitch like that going into the game, I would have, I won't say I would have felt great because I, I had my doubts about them uh, going up against Valdez, but uh, you certainly would have taken your chances there. All right. Yeah, I, I thought that if there, we could easily see a repeat of his last start if his velocity was down. I mean, they jumped on him early in that last start, which seemed to be, you know, caught him by surprise. So he had been throwing strikes early in, in the counts and get people, the other teams were taking it and they just jumped right on him and it kind of set him off. But he, he didn't have the velocity in, in that previous uh, start and he did tonight. Yeah. All right. How will you remember this season in, in the in the context of. Philadelphia sports seasons, Philly seasons, however you want to take it. When you kind of look back, oh, the 2022 Phillies, what kind of uh, emotions, feelings do you think you'll have about them? I forgot how fun playoff baseball was because uh, it had been so long and it quickly yeah. came right back. You know, that first series crowd, you know, the, they didn't have home games that first game, but every everyone in the town's into it. And I just thought back to those 08 to 011 you're riding on every pitch you're up late nights you know and it's so fun to have playoff baseball and you just want more of it now that they had it and we're going to look back fondly on the season uh the the playoffs that's what you're going to remember right the you they had this run the song you know anytime you hear that song now you're going to yeah. just think about this run it would have probably it might probably fade away that because they didn't win um but it's just funny that that's the song my my wife and her all her girlfriends that they would play that song every wedding when we would be going to weddings after weddings after weddings uh back in my younger day and it was the robin <laughs> version and then they play that in the clubhouse after the first series win and it's like what is what is they're playing this song and then it became huge right so my kids sing it all the time now they probably will keep singing it so yeah it's fun yeah, no, the, yeah, you're right. I, I, I wrote down some stuff and I forgot about the song. That was just a, a weird moment where they just start singing it and then everyone's like, oh my, what is going on? All right, I guess this is going to be their song. And you play it a million times really over the last month. Yeah, I, I thought this was a, a really likable team and an improbable run. And I'm with you. I forgot. I mean, watching those Cardinals games, uh, just those, that was the first one was on a Friday, right? That, that like Friday afternoon. And you're just those feelings you're getting from hanging on every pitch, every at bat, thinking something terrible is going to happen constantly. And then when something good happens, you just kind of, you know, cut loose and, uh, explode a little bit. That's unlike any other sport. And that was really fun. I mean, this season really made me sort of 
get back into now I'm like already looking in uh, I'm looking forward to next season and I'm going to be in on the hot stove stuff and see who they sign and who they trade and uh, what the roster looks like next year and paying more attention to spring training and so uh, they had so many great moments you know that that's what it's it's just like you'll think back that game three against the Braves that we were both at I mean that was an all-time crowd and just like an all-time game uh, party as soon as they started hitting the Hoskins hit the homer and they had the two homers in that inning as soon as that started happening it was just like this is incre- this is incredible why don't they just make the playoffs every year this is fantastic playoff baseball returned after 11 years so uh I, I was what I, I was fortunate ahead. to get to go to, to multiple playoff games this year and that, that's probably what I'll remember the most those crowds were just amazing uh it took yeah. me back to the, the 08 to 11 days but even louder that Hoskins home run was maybe the loudest moment I've ever been in a, in a stadium uh and it so I'll probably think of that more than anything uh, that's what I think about uh, when I think back to the the 08 run, you know, uh, it, it's exhausting, right? It is. Exa- I am exhausted from all these games every night, yeah. right? Going, not late going, night, watching Try doing TV. a late night pod after all of them. I don't know how you do all these pods <laughs> and then all the Eagles pods too, but it's just, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah, but it's yeah. fun, right? If I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, it's emotionally exhausting, but uh, so exciting at the possibility of a victory that the game one, the Real Muto home run in the 10th, that was awesome. The Harper home run to send them to the World Series. I mean, the Braves, the, the pie, like there's there's just so many games and so many memories you'll think of. Uh, some have asked about uh, what Naya's reaction was here. She was mostly good. She went up uh, after they got out in the eighth, and she's just like, I can't. Uh, she's like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch the uh, Astros uh, celebrate here. So I was explaining to her that Jordan Alvarez is her Joe Carter. I've, I've mentioned before, I was 10 when the, Phillies, uh, when the Phillies lost to the Blue Jays, and that was like the first favorite team I remember. And you get your heart broken, and you have this guy, Joe Carter, just occupies a space in my brain for the rest of my life. And if she continues to be a Phillies fan, it'll, it'll be Jordan Alvarez for for her, the, the guy who kind of just ended any hopes that your team was going to win a World Series. But I, I do think there's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of kids who this was like their first time having fun with baseball. I mean, she had a soccer game today and like a couple of them are talking about her on the sideline. Like they got to win tonight and they're doing stuff in school. You know, yeah, you can wear your, your Philly stuff. Um this this day or this week for this game uh, or whatever and teachers are talking about it like she was telling a story about how a kid was chewing gum and the teacher was like all right you're not supposed to chew gum but the Phillies won last night so just don't be so obvious about it I'm not going to ask you to spit it out like kind of the Abbott elementary type stuff that they show and it's like no that yeah this actually happens when there's a sports team that everyone gets into so I mean think about all those kids who were I don't know anywhere from like six to what the last one was 11 years ago so I, mean, I don't know 6 to 16 or 6 to 17 like they never really got to experience this uh in a big way so i do think it will build up maybe uh, a group of younger phillies fans here but the question is like is this sustainable i mean 93 was a blip it was 93 and that was it you you're referring to the 2007 uh to 2011 teams who were just there all right every year you expect to be in there you expect to have a chance they got one championship uh they got to another one 
Is this somewhere in between there? Like, how do you view this team going forward? I saw someone had a funny tweet. I, I, I didn't see who it was, but they're like, I love this team and I hope they get rid of a third of the guys on it before uh, next year. It's sort of, it feels a little bit like that with some of these guys. I mean, they have the foundation. They have the talent that are going to be here. They have Dombrowski now, which makes me feel better. Uh, I think they yes. found something uh, with Rob Thompson, you know, maybe similar to a Charlie Manuel vibe. Uh, it, it, there was a different team after Girardi was was let go and, and Thompson took over. And if that's the team going forward, the the far, I don't follow the farm system as much as I used to, but it doesn't seem that good. They have Andrew Painter as a pitcher, but I don't think it's, you know, the, look at Pena tonight. He, he won the MVP and they just oh replaced gosh. the Braves. They just replaced these guys. I, their Phillies are built on free agency right now. And, you know, Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, they're not young. They're only going to be older next year. Stott, I think, can turn into something. I don't have as much faith in Marsh as, as some, of, some other people, but he is still young. He'll play good defense. He's, he probably can only get better, right? Um, so, it, I don't know. They're you not know old, that, those guys, though. Yeah, they're not core. old. I mean, yeah. They're, they're in their not, prime you're right. still. You're right. They're not like the 24, 25 year old where you're just like, oh, baby, they're on the rise for years to come. And I, I can't remember how old all the Phillies guys were. It felt like, you know, because we saw them all come up. Rollins, Howard, Utley, Hamels, you just saw them all come up and then reach this peak. And it was like, this is awesome. They're just going to keep getting better and better. So you're right. It is different than that, where these are kind of veterans who you added, who you like, who should be potentially be able to sustain this level of play, but you kind of need to add around them, it feels like. And they're, if they can, like this season proved, if you just got to get in in the playoffs, right? Like the 08 team was worse than the 09 team, which was worse than the 2010 team, which was worse than the 2011 team, in my yeah. opinion. And that was the team, 08 team was the one that won. Uh, that's just what happens in baseball. It's the way it's set up. You know, it's hot teams win it. So you just, you just got to get in. And this team should be around. The division's really good, but they have the talent that they should be in the mix every year. It's been disappointing that they haven't been. Uh, Smoltz over the series saying it would be the most improbable World Series winner. I know you've touched on that. That I, I don't see that at all. I mean, they're over the luxury tax. If you're over the luxury tax, you're expected to yeah. be in the mix for the World Series. So uh, I don't know why he kept uh, going to that well, but. Yeah, it, it was. A, if you watch every game, there is a lot of repeat material. Whether it's just giving, like we we heard Bryson Stott's bio. I mean, like fifteen times in the last uh, in the last month here, and they were definitely doing that with a uh, with a bunch of guys. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm hopeful. And in the way baseball's set up now, like you got to kind of really suck to not be in the mix. You know, like if you have good players and like the wild card stand you're going to be at least checking the wild card standings in mid-august unless your season is a complete disaster so uh, hopefully there will be mo more to come because and Middle middleton sounds like he'll keep spending so that they they'll always be in the mix for any prize free agent so that's going to keep yeah. them in the mix as well yeah absolutely it's All funny right. though i mean one more thing about this run though they got an amazing performance out of the bullpen, right? Which you were not expecting at all during this whole mm -hmm. series. And you never, that's, that's the playoffs. You never know when that's going to happen, right? It could easily go the other way with the bullpen. This is, this wasn't a great bullpen all season. And it was great in the, in the playoffs. Right. And that's the reason they went to the world series is because the bullpen was so good. Bullpen is so in flux, right? You never know what you're going to get from the same guy every year. So it, it's tough to say, you know, but I, I think they, I do think the managerial uh, change will, will make a big difference going forward. Well, it's hard with Alvar Alvarado, like probably doesn't get 
you know, you don't rip Alvarado for giving up the home run just because it's a tough spot to come into and face Alvarez. But you're right. Yeah. In large, I mean, even this series or the entire playoffs, I mean, yeah, they, they were fantastic. It was weird having a trust in them at some point where sometimes toppers pulling those starters in the fifth inning or whatever. And you're like, oh, it's cool. You know, they've got guys who can come in and uh, hold it down. Your boy, Connor Brogdon, I'm sure uh, you have high hopes for. Uh, I thought you had a good comparison of him with Ryan Madsen. I think he does remind me uh, of him a little bit. You can tell right, how, you. how big of a Phillies fan I was back yeah. in, in those days when Ryan Ryan Matson was my favorite player. Uh, I think Madsen. I was the only like the biggest Matson fan, uh, and he yeah. does. He reminds me a lot of him. He has similar body type. Throws the nice change up. Uh, if he can get it down, you know, Matson when he got kept his change down and then he gained a few miles per hour on his fastball, he was on, almost unhittable. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see quite the Matson level with Bro- with Brogdon, <laughs> but it, 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 it like I keep thinking of the two of them when I when I watch him. The only World Series postgame pod where you're getting Brogdon, uh, Connor Brogdon, Ryan Madsen comparisons as we look ahead the next year. All right. It's been a fun run. Thanks to everybody who has tuned in to all of the Phillies postgame pods. It's been a it's been a highlight since I've joined the Ringer. I mean, I've enjoyed a lot of what I've done for the Ringer, but being able to dip my toe into something different here and just jump on and talk baseball and be hanging on every pitch and taking notes and being uh, so into this team and just being like a a huge fan. Like I I had the feeling when, when Alvarez hit that homer, like I haven't had that feeling in a while in your stomach where you're just like, Oh no, I can't, I can't believe that happened. That that's probably it. So it was nice to get reacquainted with some of those feelings. So thanks to everybody who has tuned in, uh, Uh, to these post-game pods. Thanks to everybody who has joined me as guests for these post-game pods. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to apply. I don't think you have anything to plug, so I'm not going to ask you to uh, plug anything, (laughs) but thank you to uh, Dave Kern, a.k.a. uh, Lemur, for I'm sure we'll drop his name in future uh, Ringer Philly special pods, so now you'll know who he is or what his voice sounds like. Thanks to him for joining me. What's next? I guess we gotta we gotta pay attention to this miserable Sixers team. Um, next, we've got the Eagles, of course, are undefeated. So Benny Souls and I will be back midweek to talk about the Eagles. We've got a Sixers uh, pod on the feed talking about the James Harden injury. Uh, shout out to the Union. That was a people. Some people have asked you guys haven't aren't talking about the Union. Uh, I think we are both watching that game today. Uh, a heartbreaking loss for sure for the Union, but uh, very entertaining, and they had a fantastic season as well. All right, thanks to everybody for listening to the Ringers Philly Special. We will talk to you later this week.